You're listening to the Small and Simple Things Podcast, a guide to the beliefs, practices, and culture of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and its members. I'm your host, Matthew Watkins. Now, at the beginning of each episode, I like to recap a little bit and talk about the relevant points that I made in previous episodes that tie into the current topic. It's kind of like when you're watching a TV show and they say, previously. So, I'm going to do the same thing, just for fun. So, previously on small and simple things. So in previous episodes, I talked about how we existed as spirits before this life. In fact, we lived with God. He's our Heavenly Father. And He came to us and He said, hey, I have a plan, a great, wonderful plan for you to come to an earth that I'm going to make, and you're going to receive mortal bodies and live in families and be tried and tested, learn to make decisions on your own, basically kind of grow up, go to college, so to speak. Now, we'd make mistakes, so I'm going to send a Savior, my only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Most of the spirit children of Heavenly Father accepted this great opportunity with joy. Satan, however, and his followers chose to actively rebel against it and were cast out of heaven. Two of the noble spirits leading the charge against Satan and for God's plan were Adam and Eve. And when God created the world, he chose Adam and Eve to be the first humans placed on it our first parents. So now coming into the topic of what I want to speak about in this episode is the fall of Adam and Eve. Now I want to talk a little bit about the situation that Adam and Eve found themselves in the garden. So the bodies that God created for Adam and Eve were perfect and immortal. They were immune from sickness and death and pain and all the kind of annoying things that we have to face in this life. They were also like children. They were innocent. They had forgotten their life before this one. They were also not able to have children. Now, some of you married uh, parents, perhaps, may be thinking, husband, wife, together, living in paradise, no kids. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, not quite. See, when God created them, he gave them two great commandments. He said, number one, here's the Garden of Eden. There's a lot of good fruit here. Eat whatever you want, but... I'm going to warn you, don't eat the fruit of this tree. This is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat that fruit, you're going to learn to distinguish between good and evil, and all these things are going to enter the world that are going to be unpleasant, and you will eventually die. Second commandment. So first commandment, don't eat of the tree. Second commandment, multiply and replenish the earth. Start a family. Learn to be parents. Be happy. Men are that they might have joy, as we talked about in a previous episode. Now, the astute observer will notice that these two commandments, don't eat of the fruit and learn for yourself, seem to come into conflict. How could they raise children if they could not have kids in their current immortal state? How could they learn and grow and be tested if they're perpetually innocent like children? Isn't our purpose on earth to be tested, to grow and to learn? We don't know how long Adam and Eve were in this state before that test finally came. Having rejected God's plan, Satan and his followers had chosen to forever exist in rebellion to God. So they would never receive a body. They'd never have families. They would never know joy. As the Book of Mormon teaches, Satan and his followers seek that all men and women might be miserable like them. So when Satan saw the great noble Adam and Eve who had, re- who had fought against him in the war before, now in a childlike state, able to be tempted, having forgotten who they were before this life, having forgotten the entire war that they waged against them before, 
Well, I imagine he was pretty excited. After all, here's an opportunity to thwart God's plan right from the start. So he started to tempt Adam and Eve. There weren't a whole lot of commandments for them to break, but there was at least that one. Don't partake of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So that's exactly what Satan tempted them to do. He tried to get Eve to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that's what Eve did. She ate the fruit. Now, up until here, this probably sounds more or less in line with what all Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam teach, the biblical account of the fall. But as I bring up almost every episode, in our faith, we have additional scripture that clarifies the truths taught in the Bible. One of these important clarifications is that Eve was not partaking of the fruit because she was weak or gullible or evil. She made the choice that Satan wanted her to make, but not for the reasons that Satan wanted her to make it. And and there's an important distinction there. Remember, God gave Adam and Eve two commandments. Don't eat the fruit or you'll become mortal. And start a family and start growing and learning. Eve knew that she and Adam could not learn and grow and make their own choices between good and evil or have children unless they first ate the fruit. So she partook of the fruit as an act of faith. Faith that this choice would ultimately be a blessing for her and or her family yet to come. After partaking of the fruit, she convinced Adam of the necessity of what she had done, and he willingly partook of the fruit as well. Well, returning back to the Genesis account, we know what happened. God showed up shortly afterwards and had a conversation with Adam and Eve. Not a fun conversation either, I think. He explained the consequences of partaking of the fruit. For starters, they wouldn't be able to live in the continual presence of God anymore. They wouldn't be able to see him face to face. They would need to go out into the world, be on their own. They wouldn't be able to communicate directly. They'd have to communicate only through prayer. They would need to leave the Garden of Eden and live life on their own. This would give them knowledge and experience that, frankly, they could not get in any other way. But in addition to that knowledge and experience, they would also have to work hard and till the land and work for their food. They would experience hunger, thirst, pain, sickness. They and their posterity would be tempted and influenced by Satan. They would face all the pleasures and pains that this life has to offer and everyone would eventually die. So God reiterated his promise to the now mortal Adam and Eve that he had made to all of us before we came here, that he would send a Savior, Jesus Christ, to conquer death so that Adam, Eve, and every single person ever born will one day rise again from the grave and live again in immortality in God's presence. In other words, Satan would have no lasting power over them. So ultimately, we members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believe that Adam and Eve made the right choice in choosing to enter mortality, in choosing to partake of the fruit. Now, this is where I need to clarify one other thing, the difference between a sin and a transgression. Now, I know that many people use that term interchangeably, but it's not really synonymous. Transgress comes from the Latin word meaning to cross as in to cross a line. In the religious sense, a transgression is any breaking of God's rules. Doesn't matter why you did it. If you broke the rules, it's a transgression. When we transgress knowingly and with evil intent, then it gets upgraded, if you will, to what we call a sin. Well, let me give you an analogy. Consider two cars going 20 miles over the speed limit down the highway. Suppose that one of the drivers is rushing his little boy to the hospital 
because he's suffering a severe allergic reaction and his throat is almost swollen shut. It's a life or death situation. Suppose the other driver is just going to work and can't be bothered to obey the law because he's lazy. Both of these cars are transgressing the law. Speeding is against the rules. But only in the case of the lazy office worker would that transgression be considered a sin or something morally wrong. In this sense, in our church, we never refer to the choice that Adam and Eve made as a quote-unquote sin. We speak of the transgression of Adam and Eve. They transgressed one of God's commandments, but they did so in order to fulfill the more important commandment to start a family, to learn and grow. This was God's test and Adam and Eve's first opportunity to learn to make difficult choices for themselves. Throughout Christendom, this choice is referred to, referred to as the fall, because Adam and Eve were expelled from God's presence and death entered the world. So yes, it is a fall, but we are quick to point out that it is a fall forward. It was a part of God's plan from the beginning. In fact, we are grateful that Adam and Eve made the choice to fall. The Book of Mormon clarifies, quote, If Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen, but he would have remained in the Garden of Eden, and all things which were created must have remained in the same state in which they were after they were created, and they would have had no children. Wherefore, they would have remained in the state of innocence, having no joy, for they knew no misery, doing no good, for they knew no sin. But behold, all things have been done in the wisdom of God, who knoweth all things. Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. Close quote. When God had revealed to Adam and Eve that he would send a savior to undo the effects of the fall, Adam and Eve were grateful. It's recorded in the Book of Mormon that Eve said, If it weren't for our transgression, we should have never have had children, and never should have known good and evil, and the joy of our redemption, and the eternal life which God giveth unto all the obedient. Okay, so therefore what? What does this have to do with my life? Well, first of all, This is why we have a life, because Adam and Eve made the choice to enter mortality and to have kids. The second thing that sticks out to me is that God's plan will always go forward. The scriptures teach us that Satan, quote, knew not the mind of God when he decided to try and tempt Adam and Eve to partake of the fruit. Now, we know that his intention was to get in the way of whatever God's plan would be. So imagine how angry he must have been when he found out he was actually playing right into God's hand giving Adam and Eve a chance to learn to make their own decisions and move God's plan one step forward. To me, it's comforting to know that God is really good at turning whatever situations Satan can throw at us into blessings and growth opportunities for our benefit and for helping others. Third lesson that sticks out to me is to be grateful for the sacrifice of those who came before. Think of what Adam and Eve gave up in order to move God's plan forward and bring the rest of us all of humanity into the world. They wouldn't be able to live in the presence of God. No more free food. Boy, (laughs) that almost makes me not want to leave college. No more free food. No more perfect health. No more paradise. At some point, their kids started killing each other. I imagine if I were Adam and Eve said she was ready to start having kids, I'd say something like, eh, you know what, babe? We're immortal. The world isn't going anywhere. Let's just relax and enjoy this paradise a little longer. Stock up on sleep while we can get it. Let's talk about having kids later. Maybe 100 years from now sound good? I don't know. Maybe he did say something like that. We we don't know. But we do know that Adam and Eve made the hard choice for their children 
and their grandchildren and their future posterity that they would never even meet. And that pattern of self-sacrifice would continue on through the millennia, a pattern of valiant, brave men and women choosing to sacrifice their lives or even the comforts of their lives for the sake of their families, their friends, and descendants yet unborn they would never see. I think of soldiers defending liberty on foreign shores. I think of immigrants who worked backbreaking jobs for a decade to save enough money to bring their children to the United States through a grueling immigration process. I think of fathers and mothers who eat sack lunches or even skip lunch at work entirely so that they can afford to send their kids on college and mission trips. So many brave men and women follow the example of Adam and Eve, and in their own way they choose to fall that man may be, or at least to fall that man may be alive, or fall that man may be free or fall that man may have a chance in life. They fall that man may have greater joy. That heritage of self-sacrifice from our first parents is one I think we all should strive to adopt. Well, that's all I've got for this episode. Check out the show notes or smallandsimplethingspodcast.com for a ton of links about this topic. And subscribe to future episodes and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. And share it with a friend. And remember... I'm not an official representative of the church. To learn more about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, visit the official website, comeuntochrist.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Small and Simple Things Podcast.